0: Well, hey there, sweet teacher, Tony here for episode number 43 of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. If you've been with me for any amount of time, you know that bringing teachers joy that will help them sustain their careers is absolutely what sets my heart on fire. I want impactful and incredible teachers to stay in the classroom and spread that impact to their little learners. And one of the major pitfalls that I've observed over the years that many teachers really suffer from is having bad relationships with the families of their students. This can absolutely kill your joy, which is why I've chosen today's topic, and that is how to make parents love you. If they love you, your life is easier, trust me, and I want to give you my best curated tips that can help get you there. Or if you are already there, maybe you can help develop that love for you even more. So if this sounds like something that can help you be happier in your career, make sure you stick around for today's episode. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first, or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker, and you're among friends here. And now, your host, Primary Teacher Content creator and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome, welcome, my dear, beautiful friend. Tony here, as always, hoping to bring a little joy and happiness to you here on the podcast. Each and every month, I try to include an episode all about building relationships. Whether that is with your students, with your coworkers, with their families, I really believe that relationships in the workplace have a big impact on our joy. And definitely, definitely, having great relationships with the people who care for our students at home can aid us in being more effective teachers. So today we're going to talk all about how to make parents love you. We need them to adore us. That way they will give us all of their support and really trust the decisions that we make for their children. These same people can actually be the cheerleaders that cheer us on and help us sustain and be the best teacher that we can be. I talked all about finding your cheerleaders back in episode number 30, so be sure to hop back and listen to that if you need some pick-me-up going on in your life. But I love how parents can end up being that for me in the classroom, those people that cheer me on, and you can have that too. So today, I'm going to give you three rules to live by that will help your parents absolutely fall in love with you. At the time of this release, we are approaching the end of the school year. You can definitely implement some of these ideas now. It's a great time to do that. Or you can look forward to next year and be sure that you embed these rules in what you do with your next group of students. Many teachers I know have very negative thoughts when it comes to communicating and making relationships with parents, but I'm going to tell you this is one of the big difference makers when it comes to being a joyful teacher. We need them on our sides, we need their help, we need their support, and today I'm happy to share with you the ways that I accomplish just that. One day, this little girl in kindergarten brought me these beautifully drawn cards with her handwriting inside that said, I love you, Miss Mullins. Now, first of all, I knew this child was developing her art skills, so there was no way she drew these elaborate pictures on this card. And I also knew because she was in kindergarten that she had no idea how to spell Miss Mullins. So someone at home had to help her out with creating those cards. So I said, oh, Ashley, this is beautiful. And of course, I did a hug and all those things that I do to show my appreciation for those sweet little gifts. But then I asked her who drew these pictures. She told me that her and her mom had sat down at the kitchen table and worked on them the night before. So that was an incredible gift, and you can bet I still have those tucked away somewhere. But that was a great reminder to me that parent involvement and support is something that I thrive on. It is something I put a lot of attention into. It's something that I read a lot about, and it is one of those things, just like classroom management, that I will always be improving in. And when I look at what I've learned over the years, there are three rules that stand out to me. These are overarching concepts that I always cling to, rules that I always follow when it comes to communicating with parents. And I'm proud to say that 99% of the time, we always have those outliers, friends that parents really appreciate what I do for them and for their children. These rules have served me well, and I'm happy to share them with you today. Just don't forget that with any great thing comes great effort and practice. This is something, as I said, we have to constantly work at improving. And it doesn't come easy. It's something we have to put our attention into and our time into. We have to be thoughtful about. So just remember as I'm sharing these rules that even though they are easy concepts that anyone can do, it's not always easy to get it done. It takes persistence and patience and your time and thoughtfulness. So let me tell you rule number one. The first thing you need to do to help parents to love you is to, of course, love their child, which, my friend, I know is not always the easiest thing to do. Of course, we teachers love our students, but we also sometimes have those hard-to-love ones thrown in there, too. And when I say sometimes, I mean just about every school year. I talked all about how to love those hard to love students in episode number 32. So if you struggle with that, definitely hop back and listen to that episode when you find time. But yes, we need to love our students in order for our parents to love us. Now that is a given, but it needs to be said. And I'm going to give you some tips on how to accomplish just that. We show our students love in many different ways. First of all, we are looking out for their best interest when it comes to their education. So that in itself is love, but parents don't always perceive it that way. So we have to take other actions to really demonstrate our love for our students that their parents can see and understand. So I know you love them or you wouldn't be teaching them, technically, but we need to make other choices that really make that clear to our families. One way that our love is clearly demonstrated is through our language and actions towards our students. Now I know our families won't always see that, but you can bet our students report to their parents how they feel at school. So be mindful about the way you are speaking to your students. Even in stressful situations, try to remember to control your voice. Our voices are very powerful and they most often demonstrate our feelings toward any given situation. Our words can also be great clues about how we feel about something. So just keep that in mind in all of your communication with your students. We want them to feel love. We want them to know that any decision that we make for them is out of kindness and respect for them. When we are intentional with those kinds of things, you can bet that that is going to send word home to parents and they are going to love you for being so nice to their little one, even in times when you probably shouldn't be. Another way to clearly demonstrate your love for students is to brag on them brag them up. Find some positive things to say and say it out loud so that their parents can see that you appreciate them. One way to do this publicly is to use Positive Notes Home. Back in episode number 40, which was about surefire ways to improve students' pride in their work, I gave you a free set of Positive Notes Home that are emoji-themed. When those go home or you put the pictures of the students receiving those awards on Facebook, parents are proud and they're also thankful that you took a moment to recognize their baby. Parents love seeing certificates and things like that that really show that you are recognizing their child. Of all those kids, she has found time to talk good about my baby. What a big deal that is to parents. So be sure to utilize things like positive notes home, student of the week, all of those easy opportunities to just bring recognition to each student individually. Another thing that I'm sure to do is that when students receive recognition, I always take pictures and put captions along with those pictures that are really descriptive about my feelings for that child. So if little Paisley has received a positive note home, I snap a picture and I might say something like, I absolutely love working with Paisley. She's such a sweet girl, so kind and always willing to help. When you do that often enough, your parents really begin to perceive you as someone who truly cares for their child. Now, of course, we do care for them, but as I said, they may not always recognize that. So being very open with your feelings is definitely a vote in your direction. So keep that in mind as well. You can also show your love for their child by giving thoughtful gifts, personalized gifts from you that maybe includes a little handwritten note about them. Parents keep stuff like this forever. Trust me, I have a whole cabinet full of papers from Reagan's kindergarten experience. And it's really important for us to let them see things like that, to see that, hey, I took time out to write all 25 of my students a note because I love them that much and I want them to have this memory. So, for example, here in our Primary Teacher Friends Facebook group, in the files section, you can find an end-of-the-year gift template that I made last year and gave to my kindergarten students. It includes a personalized picture that has their class name on it and a place for you to insert each child's picture. And it's so cute. I put those in the Dollar Tree frames and parents loved them. But it also includes a bookmark that has the child's name. On the back of that bookmark, I just wrote a little note for each child that said, Miss Mullins loves you. She supports you. I can't wait to see what you accomplish. I've had a wonderful year with you. Those kinds of things. And parents always compliment me for taking time to do that and thank me for loving their child. They will feel the same way about you if you just put a little thought into the gifts that you choose and ensure that they are personalized and include that kind of language. So basically, in a nutshell, that is rule number one that I live by when it comes to making parents love me. And that is to, of course, love their baby, love that little one, and they will love you for it. Rule number two is to always keep them informed. I know this is a give me and you've probably heard this a million times, but I want you to really put some thought and effort into it and to understand it. Have you ever been in a situation where you weren't sure of someone's intentions and you really didn't know what was going on? Well, I've been in several and I can personally attest that if there's something going on that I need to know about and no one is giving me information, I get very nervous, I get very offensive, and I'm more likely to have negative thoughts towards that person or whatever it is because I'm being left out of the circle. It kind of goes back to everyone's innate need to feel included and loved and appreciated. When those needs are not filled, our brain automatically reverts back to this caveman way of thinking that says, hey, I'm upset. I'm not included. I'm not loved. I am going to set my offenses against this person. Lord, teacher, give me strength. We do not want that to happen. Trust me. So always live by the rule that you want to keep your families or parents highly informed about their child. And although this does consume some of our thinking and work time, if we set habits in place, it's much, much easier. If you get in a ritual of sending a weekly newsletter and taking pictures to post on social media and all of those things each week, it will become habit for you and you won't have to put so much thought in how to keep your families informed. Choose your communication outlets, stick with them throughout the school year, and use them in a way that is very repetitive. So if you want to inform your families of an upcoming spelling test, make a habit of the day before the spelling test, sending out that text. If you send homework photos home every Monday and you want to put a snippet of information in there... Get in a habit of doing that each and every week. Make a template, something that's very quick and easy for you to insert information into and get it done. To take it to the next level to really work on building relationships and to keep parents informed at the same time, consider doing video updates each week or voice memo messages. Having your face and your voice attached to that information will help parents love you even more. They will become accustomed to your personality, your sweet voice, and that is a great asset to us. Many times, although a newsletter can be very effective, hearing our voice, seeing our face, makes that information easier to digest, easier to accept. So use video and voice as much as possible. And of course, we need to keep our families informed about their students' progress. You can implement systems that will help you do just that with a little planning and preparation. When you give students assessments, be sure to share the results with their families in a quick and meaningful way. For example, I always use my Rainbow Word system for word ID. Embedded within that system are printable parent feedback pages that quickly let me add the information and let parents know how their child did and the actions they need to take to help them improve. It is very hard to sit down and write a note for each and every assessment for each and every child, but it can be easier if we make templates and put systems into place. So take time to plan how to do that. There have been times in the past where after a student completes an assessment, I just record a quick voice memo and send to that parent to let them know their results. It takes about 20 seconds, but parents truly appreciate that extra step that I took to keep them informed. So just always live by this rule that parents deserve to be informed about their child. And by doing so, you are helping them love you more. We don't need any negativity from parents. So when we build those relationships with them, it aids us in more ways than I can tell you right now. Do it. Don't regret it. Find some systems and habits that will help you and just keep them informed. And that moves us on to rule number three to always live by if you want parents to truly love and appreciate you as their child's teacher and caregiver during the day. And this rule is to always recruit parents to be on your team. Begin to think of them as team members rather than just observers. So if you are the star of a football game and there are people on the sidelines just watching to see if you fail, that can make you pretty nervous. That can definitely put a lot of pressure on you and probably make you fail anyway just because of the nervousness and anxiety. But if we recruit parents to be on our team and we have this goal of winning this game of getting their child to the finish line, it takes some of the responsibility off of you and helps you both work for a common goal. It's absolutely irreplaceable, and when they are on your team, they have to love you, right? They have to have this respect for you as a teammate, and the relationship just gets better from that moment on. So what do I mean when I say to recruit them to be on your team? Well, that means that you keep them informed, of course. But you also utilize them to help their child become successful. You let them know that, hey, I need your help in this. You play such an important role in your child's life, and I would be absolutely silly to think I could do this on my own. I need your help. These are the things we are going to accomplish together. Of course, this should happen in the beginning of the school year, but it's never too late to bring families on your team. Maybe there is some really tough content that they need to reinforce at home, or maybe their child is lacking some confidence and you need their parents to help you boost them up at home as you boost them up at school. Whatever the problem is, they can get on your team. Another point to remember is to also celebrate victories with them. So let's say I have told parents that we have this big list of words that students have to master, and oh my goodness, I need your help with it. Here are these flashcards if you could make sure to practice with little Jimmy each night. I know that me and you together can help him accomplish this goal. So once little Jimmy does do just that, give that parent some credit. Now, maybe they don't even deserve it. I don't know. But I'm going to give them credit because we are on the team together. Thanks to our teamwork, we have made the touchdown. We have done the thing. And yay, let's celebrate together and talk about how hard little Jimmy worked at that. So when we celebrate these victories together, it just really reinforces that we have brought this person on our team and this is a team effort. Celebrate that victory together and give them some credit for what they've done. You won't believe how powerful it is to bring them on your team because don't we have to love our teammates in order to be successful and to win those games? It will make your life easier, teacher. Just give it a try. Recruit them. Let them be on your team. Give them some accountability on what they need to do. And then celebrate the victories and give them some credit for what they actually did. I can't tell you how many times this rule has aided me over the years and really helped parents really to love me. Sometimes they even have more confidence in me than I have in myself because of this very reason. Having supportive families and parents that love you and want you to succeed with their child is so, so powerful and really determines a lot of your joy. So take some time and use one or all of these rules that I mentioned today. Let me recap them really quickly. Rule number one is to love their child, of course. Rule number two is to keep them informed as much as possible. And number three is to recruit them to be on your team. Follow these three rules and I guarantee you will begin to see over time that your parents love you more and therefore your life as a teacher becomes easier and more joyful. And let me tell you, teacher, that the more joy we have in our careers, the greater the impact we spread. Parents may not love you, teacher, but I sure do. Holy moly, I can't believe I am 43 episodes into this journey in podcasting, and it's all thanks to you. I appreciate your presence here more than I could ever express. And I really want to thank all of those of you who have taken time to leave a review on the podcast. If this has been a pick-me-up for you, I hope that you will leave me a pick-me-up by taking time to do that. It helps my podcast by reaching new teachers that may need the message you are listening to today. So if you find time, please do that, and without a doubt. I hope you have an incredible week with your students. We are nearing the end of the school year. Hang in there. Think of this time as a way to prepare for next year and learn some new things. And as always, until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend.